The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. Let the Friday shenanigans begin. Gary, how are you? Good. Well, before we get to the important stuff... Uh huh. Let's see what the president was saying yesterday to African leaders. Oh, having problems with that yeah. audio for some reason. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say he. What, did, I don't I, know what don't that is. He was I uh, no sick idea. yesterday. I have no idea where that yeah. came from. Let's see. Not if sure. That, if we can get that straightened out. But right. what he said uh, to African leaders is, yeah. "I may show up. The poor relatives always show up." Yeah. The wealthy ones never show up. The poor yeah. come and they eat your food, stay longer than they should. Yeah. I thought he was pro-illegal immigration. I thought he was pro-welcoming everybody. I thought he was pro-let the borders be open and let everybody, the rich and the poor, Well, I'm I'm glad you've, come. you're able to analyze it. I mm-hmm. have no idea what he was doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I can't relate that to anything. Well, it's funny because... On my feed yesterday, when it came across, it came right after uh, one from a Border Patrol agent that I follow. And I thought to myself, oh, and did I miss something on the border? And and I thought to myself, because, you know, you've got Mayor Adams now that's saying, hey, you know, uh, I think the New York Post headline was, Joe, this is your mess. You know, sending mm-hmm. basically sending all the illegal immigrants to New York City, California, basically saying, what are you doing sending them to us? We yeah. can't handle them. And that was it's not Greg Abbott that's sending them there. It's not Governor DeSantis sending them there. And I just thought to myself, it, is he finally coming out and, and saying that he doesn't want Anybody to come here? Well, the big news yesterday is, you know, that, that uh, uh, and we'll get to some of this, Green Jean-Pierre saying, mm-hmm. no, the president's been working on this uh, from uh, day one, and it's only the Republicans playing political stunts. Mm-hmm. They've been they've been saying that since, well, probably um, April or May of, maybe even earlier, because uh, the border rush started really in February of 21. Right yeah. after he was inaugurated, yeah. it started. Yeah. 
And uh, they were saying, well, no, we've secured the border. We've secured the border. Uh, this is Trump's fault, Trump's fault. And the polls back then even said nobody buys that. Right. And they're continuing. They they And I guess they keep thinking if we throw out the same lie over and over and over and over again. But she was saying, oh, no, we have a we have a plan. The plan is there. And I think it was Pete Ducey yesterday saying, what is she talking about? He yeah. said, you know, she didn't call on me. He said, right. because the question I would have asked is, what are you talking about? Right. Uh, nobody's working on this. The, the, the Senate, the Democrats in the, the House have admitted, we're not going to do anything on this. Right. right. Uh, you know, what plan? Because there is, there is no plan. And you're saying, and it's just, I mean, it's absolutely, well, the, like, like I said, early in the week, that video that came out with the 5,000 crossing, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that, I mean, just yeah. the scene, the yeah. way that it, I, mean, I thought it was, I thought it was fake at first. No, you know, the it, number of people right. cross, it, and just the lighting. As, yeah, it came off almost as as uh, as fake. Yeah. When you're looking at it, and going, all right, did is some did somebody make a video or a movie or a documentary or something? And no, it's it's what happens at the border. It's been happening at the border since uh, he took office. This and, is and it's growing. And the interesting thing is now, as you just mentioned, you've got Adams, you've got Newsom. Mm-hmm. They're not blaming. As you stated, the governors of Texas, the 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 uh, DeSantis, the governors of Texas, mm-hmm. the governors of Texas or Florida, uh, the, or or Arizona, mm-hmm. uh, they're blaming Biden, and yeah. and the 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 beautiful one is Newsom, yeah, in a sanctuary state, right? California, like has a huge, almost like neon sign. Oh, excuse me. LED sign. I need to get up with the technology. Huge L- I, 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 solar powered LED sign. Solar yeah. powered LED yeah. sign. There you, there you go. I mean, they're just about the point of saying, "Please come here. We want you here." Mm-hmm. In fact, if you're an illegal immigrant criminal, please come That's here, right. and we'll protect yeah. you right. from the, the 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 federal government. And so, the the Biden administration. That wants as open borders as is politically possible mm-hmm. is saying, oh, okay, let's send them to California. Yeah. And then Newsom is saying, what are you doing? We can't handle them. But you invited them. That's like saying, I'm going to have this blowout party. Everybody's invited. And then getting upset when everybody shows up. Right. Right. Are Democrats consistent on anything? No. Can you imagine in 2022? Can you imagine uh, uh, running a like a a shelter for the homeless? And then when people show up, no, 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 you can't stay here. No, we don't want homeless. It's you know right. We We just want it to look like we care. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's mind boggling. But I just you know think the African leaders just like what are you talking about? I mean, just. Please excuse my language here, but shut up. <laughs> it's it you know it's just um, because it it, re, it it also reminds me. It's I think there was some arrogance in that comment, but I can't tell you for sure. <laughs> but I you know part of me was saying, man, that's you know that's it really comes off as arrogant. But then again, everything he says does. But I think about his former boss. Remember when he told Africa, hey, listen, don't start building big homes and, and driving a bunch of cars here. The oceans will boil over as he then turned around 
and got on a massive plane built for one person. And was there one Democrat that objected to what Obama said? No. 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 Basically said, Africa, you need to stay in poverty because if you don't, you will destroy the world. Right. Let me get back on my jet and go back to America. Yeah. Ah! Don't don't start having any thoughts about... (laughs) Things that, that you need to survive. And it's just funny because we're talking Africa and, you know, air conditioning. You can't have right. air conditioning. No air conditioning. <laughs> no real shelters. Uh, uh, no real uh, 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 Cars, water. Cars, housing, Clean water system well, right. even. That's, no, 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 no. All that requires way too much. You need to remain... I am President Obama of the United States of America, and you need to remain in poverty while I get on my huge mm-hmm. 747 jet mm-hmm. to head back to America. Mm-hmm. And the Democrats were completely silent on it. Yeah. In fact, I mentioned th- I have my own private office in the, in the jet. And, and separate sleeping quarters. Yes, exactly. And then a totally separate place for all of the media that's that's in a different part of the plane. Did I mention any of that? And and then the, the house that he built, you know, then the huge yeah, house that right. built the huge house. You can't build a house. Don't you so, build a house. So his presidency is done and he builds this huge house. Right. I mean just a, I, that was it's I mean it's that was amazing when know, that it, happened. But a, when you hear these things, it clearly is the arrogance mm-hmm. that comes through. I mean I just I can't help it any time that Joe Biden speaks, but the same was for Barack Obama. You know. Don't start having any good thoughts about air conditioning. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. 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 Telling Africa the message he tells Africa, you need to remain in poverty. Right, I and mean, that was just unbelievable. And and every not one Democrat, I don't remember one Democrat speaking up on it. I don't remember it being a story really. At it all. really wasn't. Was I mean, really we story? we you kind I, of yeah. we kind of cherry picked it out of the news that day because yeah. it really didn't rise to the surface. But we felt it was important to point out because of the arrogance. Yeah, and and then you know um, uh, trying to pretend like he cares about. Uh, the rest of the world and, and nations that are suffering. He uh, doesn't. No. Never did. No. Uh, coming up on the show today, uh, Elon Musk says he suspended the those mainstream media uh, liberal reporters for doxing. And by the way, it's a seven-day suspension. Right. They haven't been permanently banned. Uh, but uh, for doxing, we'll get to that because that was just as when I woke up, that was just a zoo on social media. Oh, yeah. I mean, it yeah. just had every opinion in the world. So we'll get to that. In one of the things when we've been talking about the the uh, economy and, and where it is right now with the increase in interest rates is, you know, we know that the housing uh, sector is in a recession right now. And we also noticed that last month uh, you had exports down and it was exports that took us out of the early recession that we had this year mm-hmm. in the third quarter and put right. us in, and put the United States into positive growth. Right. And so when we saw that exports were down and then the housing market in a few months has just gone into basically recession status because mm-hmm. there isn't any growth there. It's all, it's all uh, negative. And when we're seeing, you know, the administration, you know, talk about the economy, even Janet Yellen yesterday, you know, the economy is coming back and all of a sudden you see the retail sales and the manufacturing numbers that came out yesterday. And I think the stock market what dropped over the Dow dropped, what over 700, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And now the fears are, are really there because when you take all of them, when you, when you look and you say, all right, 
many, and, and by the way, these are the, the biggest numbers this year of negative, right. uh, negative growth for right, right. manufacturing and, uh, and re- retail sales. Right. Uh, and, and that was leading up to, you know, that's when retail sales starts moving is in November yeah. because of yeah. Christmas. Yeah. That was the, that was yep. the thing that sent the, uh, markets yep. reeling. Yeah. And so when you have the housing market in recession, when you have exports that, uh, are down, when you have retail sales that are down by the biggest number, uh, uh, this year, when you have manufacturing numbers down, you and I've asked the question, you know, what is the, what is the positive in the economy right now right what what is the 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 positive and uh and and then you look at that and on top of all of that then another half point uh you know in uh, in interest rates increase uh which is going to make everything still more expensive and it's like well i mean this is the you know that's what happens when you raise the interest rates uh you're you're going to slow down the economy it's that yeah. simple when things become yeah. more expensive. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. You know, you and I have talked about this relationship between inflation. Well, when you raise the interest rates, you're actually increasing inflation, you know, in one area, which would be if you want to buy money or you want to borrow money, you know, right. which yeah. is buy right. money right. for a certain amount of time. Right. That inflation is going up. Right. You know, inflation of products is going down. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it, the biggest inflation is when money mm-hmm. It's more expensive to get money. I mean, that's uh, a different type of inflation. It's not called inflation, mm-hmm. but it is. Right. Yeah, and you look at that, and uh, the, especially with mortgages, where uh, over a period of years, a house will appreciate. It will gain value in most cases. Uh, not the case for for uh, auto loans <laughs> in, in most cases. Uh, the asset is going to lose value, but in it, with houses, it's going to gain value. But that whatever you're paying, if it's the average is, uh, we checked it yesterday, just over seven percent on a thirty-year mortgage. Well, that that money, that that interest that you're paying, is not money that is that is wealth that is ever going to come back to you like the investment in the in the actual asset. You know, eventually, uh, so it becomes it becomes more and more difficult, which is why we're in a housing recession. And could be for a while. It might last, uh, I was going to say a year, but but honestly, when you look at it, potentially it could last longer than a couple of years. Also coming up, the uh, North America Electricity Reliability Corporation says California and the Midwest face a high risk of electricity shortage mm-hmm. uh, shortages uh, in the next five years. And yeah. the funny thing is they go, there's a variety of different reasons. And I'm like, no, there isn't. And then I go through yeah. There are the basic three reasons that they give, and all are related to the fact that we're using alternative forms of energy, and we don't have the what we need when it comes to consistent forms right. of energy. Right, and and it's like, well, no, they're all related to the exact same thing. There's a variety of reasons. No, no there's yeah. not. Yes, it's <laughs> they they basically yada 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 through the you know they, yeah. yeah well for a number of reasons. No, like, get down to the actual. Because that's the, the people want to know why that's the case. Oh, well, you know, because of things and stuff. No, yep. um, it, it's it, you. You saw it when over the summer, uh, Gavin Newsom had to tell people right after he comes out and says, you know, after twenty thirty five, you're going to buy a new car. It's going to be electric. Was it two days after? And then two days, days after, after yeah, yeah. You know, don't charge your car yeah. in the afternoon. Yep. And then has to buy electricity. 
uh, from another source to make sure that they weren't going to have brownouts or rolling blackouts. Yep. So the, the warnings are there, but this is what the public voted for. If you're, the, United, the people of the United States, not our listeners, right. the people of the United States voted for all of this. Even if you're doing edibles, you can keep up with this part of it. You, yeah, because if you if you're yeah if you're doing the edibles, you you want the TV to be on, right? Now you might not mind sitting in the dark, but you want some form of entertainment. You need some type of electric uh, electric form of entertainment. Now, if it's be really it sound good edi- video, yeah, if it's really good edibles, you may not know the TV's <laughs> not on. Uh, we'll tell you about the transgender student that's been charged. Another transgender student charged with assaults of two females in a school bathroom. Well, mm. duh, we knew that was going to happen. Mm. Uh, Trump's uh, big announcement yesterday. Yeah. All I got to say is when you lose Bannon and Gorka. That's that's when that's when you've yeah. got to change things yep. drastically. Uh, Larry Summers, who predicted the inflation that we're seeing today, saying we will have a recession and it's going to be bad. Mm. Senate passes a defense bill that repeals a vaccine mandate in the military. And Biden trying to get rid of Trump's remain in Mexico policy that is stayed by a judge and a whole bunch more because it's the Friday show. And so yeah. we may not be able to get through everything. Tons <laughs> of stuff. And and uh, maybe Eric will do John Boehner crying again. I don't, I don't know if it can match yesterday, though. I don't think it can. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Boehner crying over Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> if you missed it, go listen, may, listen to the podcast. Yes. Yeah. May, maybe Was that the one thirty hour? Somebody asked me. Was that the uh, yeah, I think it, I think, it was like after yeah. one thirty yesterday. Yeah, yeah. It's in yeah. part one of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Because that may be the best... Uh, best thing you've ever done is, is Boehner, well, Boehner crying to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Right, yeah, it was fun. Eight six six ninety red eye Electrical systems are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Know the warning signs that could indicate your electrical system needs attention to help avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. Keep an eye out for lights that are dim as this is an early warning sign that your alternator is degrading and near the end of its life cycle. Lights that are brighter than normal, on the other hand, can indicate your alternator is overcharging. You should immediately get a full electrical system check if you notice either of these warning signs. This report is a service of Shell Rotella. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. When I woke up, I was like, oh, wow, what in the world? Hmm. I mean, the left was just going nuts on uh, on uh, on Twitter because uh, Elon Musk. There were a number, I think, the well, last number I saw was like six. Yeah, Keith, Keith Olbermann was one of them. Then you had somebody from CNN and uh, from uh, other pu- publications that he suspended for seven days. Because initially, uh, when when I woke up, uh, I didn't see that he had answered. It was still Twitter hasn't answered. Then publicly, mm-hmm. he answered. He said they're off for seven days. You know, sorry, off for seven days for doxing. Right. And this is all in relation to, uh, I think the the uh, the the jet airplane. Uh, yeah. The whole uh, Elon follow thing. Right. The the Elon follow thing and the fact that uh, his son was in a car. Yeah. That uh, was uh, accosted by somebody. It's doxing. Yeah, it's it's flat out doxing. And the left says it's reporting. 
Yeah. And no, it's not reporting. And you're not really going to win. You're not going to win that one. Nope. You know, with the um, American public. And as we said yesterday, and it will be interesting to see how they, you know, if they respond and say it's not doxing, but uh, you know, he'll you, the screenshots will be out there. Yeah. Right. But uh, we'll talk about this uh, more coming up. Freedom of speech versus doxing. Right. Which we talked about yesterday, but do it again because this got amplified. <laughs> McNamara and Eric Harley taking your calls. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. Is this a Christmas song? I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm, no. I'm trying to hear the melody of a Christmas song in there. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I don't hear a melody or. Yeah. No. I heard some jingles though. Yeah. Some very slight jingles, but. Yeah, I don't think that was Christmas. More generic Christmas music on yeah. Red Eye Radio. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was a Christmas. Christmas music that you can't identify <laughs> exclusively on Red Eye Radio. Pretty awesome keyboard work, but yeah, not Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Play Christmas music. Yeah. Crank it up. Play Christmas music, Bob. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> That's actually a quote from somebody we know one time. It is. Who didn't, who, uh, uh, didn't want to work a, was it a New Year's Eve show or something it was or something like that? I think it was. I think it was a New Year's Eve show. He told his boss. And, like, and he didn't even look up when he said it. And it, and it was after Christmas. That was the right. Yeah, thing yeah. I was like New Year's Eve. Play wait, wait a minute. Christmas what is, what do you mean Bob? you're off on, you're going to be off on these days that we're going to be after Christmas. What are we supposed to do? Play Christmas music, Bob. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, again, I don't know how much attention most people play to it, but, I mean, it's all part of the Elon Musk Twitter thing going on. But mm. uh, he uh, he suspended, and he said suspended for seven days. If you dox, you're suspended for seven days. Right. You're involved in doxing. Yeah. And he says that these uh, different reporters, one from CNN, um, uh, I guess also, uh, what's his name in the basement? Uh, Keith Olbermann was mm -hmm. also uh, uh, suspended, uh, and it was for, for doxing. Uh, whatever, I, in how, I don't know, because I never saw the screenshots of, of why they you know why they were doxed. Right, I don't know right. if he'll come out with that tomorrow mm -hmm. or whatever. But the media, the, the mainstream media, and I'll, I'll say this, even the headlines that I saw, for example, in the New York Post and, and even the Fox, gave the wrong impression these are people that are you know people that are covering elon musk he is suspended mm -hmm. no no his claim is he suspended them for doxing so you're not putting it in complete context and that was even on i believe fox foxnews.com when i got up and also on um on in the new york post like now they explained it when you went into the story but it's like there's a difference between doxing and just saying, oh, suspended people who are covering them. Right. Because then, as we said, there's a difference between what we always got out of what Elon Musk was going to do is if you're going to be talking about political ideas 
or analyzing the issue of the day uh, or something related to politics, that's fine. He's not going to censor that. He made it clear after his son in the car, you know, that that uh, his two-year-old son was accosted, doxing will not be permitted and you will be suspended if you do that. Right. If you relate to where the location of where he is, then sorry. Not, and and the, 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 the question is, then the, the, the left responded. One of the responses was, yeah, but the apps exist anyway. Yeah, but you have to go to the app to search for it and do your own research. There's a difference between that existing and there's a lot of stuff that's available that is public information on on individuals and 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 it's a it's a huge difference between that which is available and that which is promoted heavily by people who have influence and large followings. It's it's like putting up signs and you're promoting it. And the left knows that because this is what they do. This is what they know what doxing is all about. Mm-hmm. They're pretty proud of the whole doxing thing. Yeah, they are. I mean, yeah. they sort of weren't a badge of honor. Yeah. It's, they, it's something that I would never be in, involved in. I, be, right. I believe it's immoral. I don't need, number one, I don't need to do that. No. There is no need to do that in no. the arena of ideas. Right. Yeah. Uh, I can, I can, we can go back and forth in the exchange on the ideas, and I don't need to be. Uh, I don't need to uh, promote where a person is going to. By the way, it's extremely dangerous when you do that. It's extremely dangerous when you promote things like that. It's a dangerous mindset to begin with. And it, it proves that you can't debate, that you can't debate on the issues. You want to go after someone in that way, but that's this is exactly what um, they'll send a New York Times reporter to your relative's front door. You know, they'll come after you. If you're not going to get in line, this is what they are. If you have any question about whether or not the media, the liberal media is uh, filled with activists, if you have any question about that, uh, you shouldn't. There's, I don't know how many examples, especially in recent years, about their uh, activities and 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 what they do and and how they go after people. These people are angry, and they know that their followers and like-minded individuals are also angry. Doxing is dangerous, and I, I don't know. I'm assuming that Elon Musk has top-notch security, but you want to be able to at least move around, move about freely, uh, and and feel somewhat safe without having individuals like this at the very least you're not going to let people do this through the company that you own and that was the response look it's it's doxing it's a violation of the policy right so so he put out the latest story that just came out a little while ago Mm -hmm. Uh, Musk polls Twitter followers on whether to reinstate CNN New York Times Washington Post journalists who he accused of doxing, I think he said he's going to redo that poll because there were too many answers, too many choices in in the answers, and it was basically uh, the the poll was uh, should they be should their accounts be restored like immediately should it be tomorrow should it be in seven days 
And I think he said he's going to redo. In fact, he did. He said he's going to redo the poll, and it's going to be fewer answers or fewer choices. And, and again, in a series of tweets, uh, he uh, he said that the journalists, including, excuse me, political activists, including CNN correspondent Donnie O'Sullivan, New York Times technology reporter Ryan Mack, Washington Post reporter Drew Harwell, The Intercept journalist Michael Lee, uh, Mashable writer uh, Matt uh, Binder, former MSNBC host Keith Olbermann, and a Vox journalist allegedly violated the platform's new policy not to share location information. He defended his decision to suspend the journalists and said they would remain off the platform for uh, uh, seven days. Uh, Hours later, uh, he polled uh, his 121 million followers on whether the journalist should be uh, reinstated. Well, the problem that you have there is uh, is uh, the the fact that you're going to have a significant number of 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 Democrats if they disagree with you, they want you doxed. Yeah, uh, he said unsuspend accounts uh, who dox my exact location in real time. He asked with the poll of options now tomorrow seven days from now or longer. He scrapped the poll uh, after 43 percent said the account should be reinstated and 57 percent. Uh, said they should remain suspended. Then he launched a new poll with just two options, now or in seven days. Mm-hmm. Uh, the now option um, uh, was ahead 55 to 45 with 250,000 votes. Mm-hmm. So there you go. He goes, they posted my exact real-time location, basically assassination coordinates in obvious direct violation of Twitter terms of service. Look, this isn't a political free speech issue. That's the point. No, it is not. And that's what they're trying to, you know, that's when, when we talk about, you know, free speech in general, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, corporate free speech, private enterprise free speech, or constitutional free speech, as we know, uh, it's the constitutional free speech has always been about political yeah, speech. Right, right. All speech is not protected. Now, you may be able to say it, but you can be punished in civil courts later on. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the same thing like uh, when, um, and I'm really amazed at the, the ignorance that exists out there. And when we talk about the, uh, oh, the uh, the conspiracy theory talk show, Alex Jones, mm-hmm. and, you know, and the, the fury, free speech is gone in this country. Well, apparently you're clueless because you haven't paid attention to defamation laws mm-hmm. that have existed <laughs> for decades upon decades upon decades upon decades mm-hmm. because free speech exists does not mean you can say anything that you want right and and so we know that but here the public itself will look at it and again to do a online poll mm-hmm. you're not that's not going to be accurate well no because you're going to draw the bots right exactly. you're going to draw you're going to draw at the very least uh, a ton of liberals who are going to say hey yeah. vote in this poll I and and quite frankly, whether it's immediately or seven days uh, at this point is it is not uh, it does not look look like it's going to be a permanent suspension for these accounts. But it's, I think, clear that you know you're not going to get away with these types of things, but you know. The fact that they're fighting for their right to dox I know. tells you a hell of a lot about the far left. It, 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 doesn't it? Yeah. How dare you take down our doxing? 
on the company that you own. How dare you? How dare you sell your shares in Tesla? How dare you? This is what, you know, they have been, and you saw the story the other day. He's now the second richest person, and they went off on that. Are you a, are, are you just a three-year-old? No longer the richest man in the world. Ha, ha, ha. You're a three-year-old. <laughs> You're a three-year-old. You're a child. Seriously. <laughs> the public understands the difference between political free speech and doxing. Yep, they, they clear- do. They, they, do. they understand the difference. Yep. They're just, yep. you know, they're just, they're just really ticked off. But you make a great point. Go ahead. You wish to defend your right to dox, right? Well, okay. See how that goes, right? Because restoring those accounts is going to bring back then the attention to then you disarm the the whole conversation about. See, you said you weren't going to suspend anybody. Actually, he never said that. Uh, and then. The next question is, oh, wait a minute. What are these accounts actually doing? Right? Yeah. Because there are, a lot of people may not have been following these accounts and seeing what was going on and be aware of exactly what they were doing. Well, the left was trying to make it, well, since he said free speech and it will be absolute, that, you know, that he believes in absolute free speech, mm-hmm. uh, that that would mean that uh, uh, that everything should be allowed. Right. Well, when we said, well, that's not the case. No. No. You know, I, I believe when it comes to, uh, you know, free speech myself, I mean, this is what I, on on the political realm, mm-hmm. everybody should be able to discuss everything. Right. On other realms, no. You know, when I say I believe in absolute free speech, it's the political free speech, which the Constitution protects. I don't believe in defamation of character. Right. I don't believe in doxing. Right. You know, and neither does the public. They're, they're no, not, they don't. They're not going to. They're not. Gonna no, they win don't. This. No, they don't. I mean, it's actually, honestly, after about ten minutes of reading what the left was saying, I went, "This is just stupid." No, it is. It is, and you know, this is the whole thing: is that uh, you you look at the what what the, what they were calling the reporting on Elon Musk's location. That's not reporting. And, and it, quit calling yourself a journalist, by the way. Well, it's funny because he says uh, the same doxing rules apply to journalists as to everyone else. It must put that out. Yep. Uh, uh, last night, they right. posted my exact real-time location, basically assassination coordinates and obvious direct viol- or a violation of Twitter's terms of service. Yep. Yeah. Here's the thing. People on the left may be for doxing people that oppose them. I can guarantee they're not for somebody doxing them. Exactly. No, they're not. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, you know, the problem is, the problem is this is one of those days, again, where we're, we're, we're the show continues during the the uh, the, the breaks. Right. Yeah, and, and and I had one more point to make. Mm. And and when I went into the, when we went into the break, I said, okay, one more point I want to make when we come back here. And uh, now I forgot what I it think was. I think it was the, uh, you said it, it uh, the, you said to me as we went into the break, or after the, we started the break, 
that it really is a it still is a liberal circular firing squad thing that's with it. twitter yes yeah yes this whole the whole thing going on here mm-hmm. uh, understand uh uh elon musk as he said you know last week he voted for biden right he voted for hillary mm-hmm. and he voted for obama right well that's the definition of a liberal right <laughs> and so what you have actually have going on here is a huge liberal circular firing squad. That, technically, that's that that's really what is. is what's going on. Yeah. I mean, he may be evolving, but he's a liberal at <laughs> still today. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, 866-90-RED-EYE. Welcome and good morning. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Just before we came on the air here, by the way, I'm just reading an article on from Spike.com online. Real Clear Politics had it. Uh, how I Learned to Love Free Speech. Why oh. Does the Left Embrace Censorship? Hmm. It just... And uh, it's just uh, interesting. Huh. Uh, and and I know why. I mean, I yeah. I know why they do because they can't make an argument. Uh, they they cannot win an argument anymore with right. the American people. No, they can't. No. And uh, I, I started thinking the the story that came out yesterday that that we looked at and went whoa. And these allegations that they claim that they have the inf- that they have information that leads to. Uh, that the Republicans have come out and stated that they want the information that they have uh, released. It's classified information Mm -hmm. from experts that they believe show that the direction of where the virus came from was a Chinese military bioweapons program. Not that they released it on purpose. That's not the allegation, but that it was released accidentally, but it was part of that. Right Now, Normally, maybe a year ago, you would have the left immediately come out, especially on social media, and attack that. There's no evidence. Right, right. There was complete, it was completely quiet on that. And I was like, hmm. And then there were more. I think Fox even had, uh, when I went, they had a lead story that, you know, the Republicans now will call for an investigation, you know, on this. And it was, it just, it's almost as if, we're to the point because Trump is not in the news every day. Now, he was yesterday, and we'll get to that a little bit later on. Yeah. But since he's not in the news, it's to the point where they act, the left actually has to uh, either confront an issue or just not report it. Yeah, right. I mean... That they, that they can't debate the issues... And I think this is an amazing time in history right now. And this is where Elon Musk fits into it because mm-hmm. he said, you know, political discussion. We're going to have, you know, we're going to have more, you know, I want more of the political discussion. Right. 
which does not include doxing, by the way. Right. And, but I just find it interesting that we may be at that point because everything was Trump. Everything. There wasn't anything that wasn't Trump. Everything was related to Trump. The thing, the, the issue that they had was Trump. Now, you may sit there and say, okay, they also had abortion. That's 50-50. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's 50-50 in America. And when you actually talk about what the Democrats want to do, the majority do not agree with the Democrats for, you know, unlimited abortion. Right. Up to birth. Right. So on every other issue, when you look at every other issue, and this goes back now, this goes back a while. I mean, this goes back, uh, you know, we, we go back in the last uh, uh, decade, hmm. actually 12 years or 10 years ago. Hmm. When Mitt Romney ran and, you know, the, the public agreed with him on the issues, on yep. the issues completely. It was landslide numbers and he still lost. Right. But the public agrees. And this is part of the frustration we've had with the Republican Party for the last 10 years. Yeah. You know, that you're not effectively communicating. You're not doing your job when you can't effectively communicate uh on the issues that the vast majority of the public agrees with you on. But getting past the Republican and their failures to communicate, uh, when you look at the leftist media right now, everything was about Trump. Now they have to discuss the issues. Because if you try to go after DeSantis, that always, he'll rip it, you so apart. far that's always yeah. fall, uh, falling short. I mean, they're, they it doesn't matter who it is, 60 minutes or a reporter right, right in front of them. Uh, you're just not you're going to fail. And the reason you're going to fail is because uh, what you see and what you hear from Governor DeSantis is, is exactly what you get. And it's not a you know, this isn't something where they and they've tried the gotcha. They tried the gotcha with the whole uh, calling the parental rights bill. The don't say gay bill. In fact, I saw an article about a month ago where where they tried to. Uh, liberal media tried again to call it that. I, I see conservative media calling it the don't say gay yeah, bill. Right. Yeah. Still today. Yes. It's like, why Why are you doing that? Right. It's not the name of the bill. Right. Just because the left decided to use it. Use the name of the actual bill. And and putting it in, in quotations doesn't right. make it better. No, no, that, no, that's a great point because I saw the same thing because there's no reference to the quotation. Right. If you're it, it's you can say the left called it the yeah. don't say gay bill. But the the uh, governor responded, it's called, it's actually called, and then you you put the title of the bill in there and, and say that the the uh, the response from the governor was following. But that's not where reporting is today. Everything in reporting is about, it, we used to call this clickbait, but it's about the, the even within the story, after you've click, clicked through to read the story, there are all these hot points in order to get you engaged and keep you engaged and keep you coming back because it's it's the drama they're trying to sell so when you you see that story that came out yesterday and you know about uh the republicans you know claim they have the information i said well you're eventually gonna have to release that information but i expected that since you know they're not going to release the information yet or till at least they get power till they get a court ruling or something to declassify uh, any of this and they may not get it Mm mm-hmm you know, I figured that the Democrats would take advantage and pound them. You guys are just making this up, right? Right, right. I expected that that would be a major, and it seemed like they were just quiet on it. And I started thinking, have they been, Have is there a realization now that in the liberal media that they've been wrong on everything? Mm. 
and right now, the right is pounding them. Of, You've been wrong on everything. Mm-hmm. You were wrong on Russia collusion. And, you know, Trump-Russia collusion. That was a hoax. Right. That was created by the Hillary campaign. Right. You were completely wrong on the Hunter Biden laptop story. And, hey, what does it show? And, and nobody's debating this. You know, and they can't debate it. Right. They debate other things like, oh, they're going after Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden's not president. No, they're going after the president. Right. You know, they're try they may try to deflect or throw little shots out at you. Mm-hmm. Uh but then they'll back off and disappear. Mm. But they won't discuss any of the issues at all. But I just wonder when I saw this, are they so are they getting gun shy now? Because when you look at it, it's not just the it's not the right. When you look at the, when you look at the last week and a half and who are the people that are challenging the liberal media? They're all former liberal media people. Yeah. I mean, not all, but I mean, the coming out with many the, of them. Bar- yeah. Barry Weiss. Yeah. Uh, Matt Taibbi. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, you know, and, and uh, then Elon Musk to begin with is, you know, he's a liberal. Right. And he made it clear, you know, this is who I voted for. I never voted for Trump. Right. And and so you sort of have this evolution, and it really comes from people that think in the more lib- the the old school liberal t- tradition, which is yeah, we may want a lot of government services, but we believe in free speech, mm-hmm. and we we actually believe in the Bill of Rights, which goes back you know to a, a lot of old school conservatives that actually used to defend freedom of speech. But to me, when you ask the question. Why is the media? Why is the media and the left and Democrats for censorship? It's easy; they can't win an argument, right? Yep, I, mean, I, I don't think it's that hard. They can't. What? They, we'll get to this a little bit later on. Uh, but the uh, North American Electricity Reliability uh, Corporation came out and said, you know, this is you know their message is we're going to run out of power because of the insanity. Mm-hmm. Democrats can't defend that. Democrats can defend it. As we've talked about, Democrats have been able to defend things in the abstract. Yeah. They've been able to say, we're going to build you this great world. Right. But when they say, here's the great world, it's not a great world. Right. When reality comes around, it's not a great world. When we say we can spend money and spend money, even if the public is in such bad shape that they want money right now, the public realizes that borrowing and spending cause the inflation. Mm -hmm. They realize that. So there isn't a great world out there. So we're to the point where we've actually, the Democrats have been able to sell the abstract for the longest time. Here's our vision of the future that will work beautiful and government can take care of everything versus those people that want you, they want you to pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Well, everybody can't. They're not for giving a helping hand to anybody. Right. Well, now we're seeing the actual consequences of the left and it's not pretty and you know you see uh you know whether it's critical race theory the liberal transgender activist movement combined to everything economically and it's failing and then when it comes to you know possible uh you know political dirty tricks uh corruption at the highest levels of government it wasn't trump it was the hillary campaign mm-hmm. it was the dnc mm-hmm. it was joe biden when you look at the 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 things that people view at as scandal and political influence and dirty tricks in politics, it all came from Democrats over the last six years. And I think the media 
can't defend any of it, so they're gun-shy. So when the Republicans come out with something, they're hesitant to attack because they've been wrong on everything. Right. And even as a political activist, even if you're not a journalist and a political activist, you still like to be right once in a while because even as a political activist, if you're always wrong, you are going to lose some influence. Yeah, eventually it's it's going to be gone. Yeah. I mean, because we talked about it. Look, if you're not reporting on things, if you're if you're covering things up more and more, then eventually you get to a point where you're covering everything up. What are you actually reporting? <laughs> what is your job now? I mean, that's and and that's we're 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 headed in that direction very quickly. You know, I was thinking that uh, the the Babylon Bee could do it because we we I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, they're getting to the point of can they report anything, mm. or do they do things like that? The story that the New York Times and the Los Angeles Times were talking about on COVID. There are people that travel across the country and they don't wear a mask. Mm. And when we talk to them, they say their fear of COVID is less. Or their their fear of of COVID is less than the inconvenience of wearing a mask. They just don't wish to wear a mask anymore. Can you believe it? Yeah, you saw the uh, the announcement that they're going to do more free testing kits. They're going to send out more free testing, COVID testing kits, uh, for uh, in preparation for the onslaught of COVID cases this winter. And they had one, in the story that I read, they had one quote saying, Oh, this could be a really bad winter in terms of COVID. And I thought to myself, they're really going back to 2020. They're going back to the beginning on this. We pointed this out the other day. But they're going back to this over and over again to try and, and start this narrative again. But you think on it, how much the the media was wrong and, and, and the left was wrong on, on COVID. Right. Uh, on, on everything that they, and they're, right. they're still going back to it because it's the only thing that they know what to do is keep going back to the same thing. Mm-hmm. Even if it's found out to be false, they stick with it for a while. But I just wonder, are some of the leftist political activists in the media, are they now at the point where they're like, wow, we've been wrong on everything. We got to be right on something. Right. Well, the Republicans are claiming this. Let's not jump on them yet because if we're wrong on this one, that looks really bad. Because if the Republicans are right and the evidence does lead, and I don't know whether it does or not. I'm just saying if the evidence does lead to it, this was part of a bioweapons uh, program for the Chinese and the left com- and the left comes out again and supported by Biden. That's just a conspiracy theory. And that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's not good, especially for Biden. Right. With Hunter Biden and the, the Biden family being enriched by uh, Chinese companies that are tied to the uh, Chinese Communist Party, right. that doesn't look good, especially right now. The timing couldn't be worse. You know, the thing is, is that if uh, these activists actually wanted to be real journalists, the, the, the one of the benefits of being a journalist is that if you're a true journalist, you don't have to engage. It's not about being right or wrong in terms of engaging with your opinion. It's about being right or wrong in terms of the facts. And you just report the facts. You double check... Uh, Matt Taibbi was on um, the other day on um, on Rogan. And one of the things he said, he said, you know, as a journalist, when your story was going to be put the night before your story is published, you're nervous because what you're worried about is getting it wrong. You and I have talked about this, uh, you know, in, in what we do. And so it's going to go out 
and you don't want it to be wrong. I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically the gist of what he was saying in that moment. And that's the whole thing. It's if you're doing journalism, what you're worried about is the facts, making sure you got the facts that your sources aren't going to burn you and everything else. But that was thrown out when activism became, and, and we're not talking about bias, it's activism in right. the in the uh, newsrooms. I, you know, I remember when I was talking to, uh, interviewing Sean Spicer one time, and I said that to him. I said, these are activists. And he said, well, I've never thought of it that way. And that was a, a, a few years ago. But of course, now uh, he and, and, and other conservatives look at that and say, well, yeah, they're activists. There's, there's no other way to say it. Yeah. And, and when you when you abandon journalism, then this is and you're trying to cover the facts up. Eventually, you're going to run out of things to cover. You're going to run out of agenda items. Well, let me say this. You're going to run out of narrative. When I was forced to become a talk show host, because mm-hmm. I've told this story before, I never wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest thing that scared me was right. being wrong. Right. And the shame of being wrong. When you're a political activist, you don't. You don't care if you're wrong, right? You just move on to the next thing and say, "Okay, we stalled this thing for a month or, or two, so they yep. found us out. Now let's move to the next thing." They just stall, move on to stall this story. They but just move on. But uh, I guess my question is: Does there come to a point where do you lose influence when you're wrong all the time on all the major issues? And is that what they're afraid of right now? Just a question. I, th- I, mean, I, I, don't... I think it's a strong yeah. possibility. Yeah, eight six six ninety red eye. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on winter weather driving. As a driver, it's important to know the laws of the states you travel through. One example of this is in regard to tire chains. Not all states allow chains, but in some areas of the country, tire chains are required to be carried on commercial vehicles as early as September and as late as May. If you're going to be driving through a state that requires you to carry chains, make sure you're prepared with the proper size and number of chains needed for your vehicle, plus extra links. Regularly check the chains for broken hooks, worn or broken links, and bent or broken side chains. Know how to safely put chains on your vehicle's tires, and don't wait until the last minute to put them on. Pull over in a safe and level area, preferably a designated chain-up area. Wear reflective clothing to remain visible to other drivers. Make sure chains are snug but not tight, then check them regularly and retighten as needed. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. This report is brought to you by Pilot Flying J and by Shell Rotella. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. In Trend Radio, he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, retail sales and manufacturing numbers are out and uh, not good. And also, what's going on at the border? Another story that the media isn't covering. I was reading uh, reading Byron York's column in the Washington Examiner. We were talking about uh, how uh, the, uh, the, you know, some in the conservative media, you know, are starting to pay attention to how this whole thing works you know, and, and where uh, illegal immigrants coming into the country are going. And they're doing it by cell phones. They actually look 
at, at all the pings of cell phones that are at the yeah. border and right. they watch as they move across the country. Right. And the majority, the, the biggest congressional, and they look at different congressional districts, and the biggest place right, that they temporarily at least stay in, Dallas-Fort Worth area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right where we are, right, and then they they you know they move all over the place. But he talked about the fact that what isn't being talked about is the fact that the non governmental agencies, these nonprofit agencies, that get a tremendous tremendous number of dollars grant money from the government, are the ones that believe in open borders and are the ones that are moving illegal immigrants all throughout the country. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's fascinating. Oh, oh, when- oh. but uh, my point was they talked to Bill Malusian who said. You never see anybody except him, you know, from Fox, you know, right. at the border. Because right. 19 months I've been out here, you don't hardly ever see anybody from the mainstream media. Mm. Right. On your smart speaker, say, play Red Eye Radio. And if you're really nice, she might. Red Eye Radio. Hmm. Turn the microphone on, Gary. I did. Uh, I was enjoying the Christmas music and forgot yeah. to turn on my microphone. Yeah. I did deliver some loaves of Christmas banana bread today. So How'd that go? Very, very good. Very good. Now, this time you delivered it to people you know, right? You didn't just walk up to strangers and say, here. The year that, and it was 2019, was the year that I made, because we talked about it, when I made 39 loaves. And Mm -hmm. I started beginning of November. And you have to realize, you know, to do that, the number of bananas that you need would be 39 times 3. Yeah. And you have to let them all ripe. You know, there's a whole process to it. Mm-hmm. And then just the time that I have during the day, but I was busy most days. And uh, I was this. I was sending them across the country. Mm. And, and because it was, it's been so popular with people, my right. banana bread. So you started a trucking company from that. Well, yeah. I went to, I went to FedEx. And I was there all the time, and the the uh, the uh, counter person, mm-hmm. very nice woman, thought I had a company. Oh, she goes. You were there repeatedly because I was there. I was there so much to FedEx sending out banana bread. Yeah, she said, "Do you have a company? I mean, you do this every year." And I went, "No, this is just. It became so popular. My banana bread. This is all personal." She goes, "You got to be kidding me." She goes, "It must be great if you ever have any extra." So I made her a banana bread. <laughs> right. So she got a, so everybody got a banana bread. Everybody's taking orders year. through the supply chain. Yeah. And and so then then uh then then COVID hit. Uh and then last year I just made a a, a couple of more, you know, so twenty twenty I don't think I made any. And then twenty one I didn't, and then it was mm-hmm. like this year, it's like I just can't I just can't I just can't do it. I don't have the time. Mm-hmm. So I've only made four this year. That's it. Yeah. So I may make a couple more after Christmas. Yeah. Have some bananas. And when I get back from seeing my dad, you know, do it. But even my dad, I used to make it from him. They're like, eh, it's too fattening. <laughs> you know, it's interesting over the years because my wife would have this, this same type of setup. And, and so for a few days, basically 
the entire kitchen, every counter space, everything was all taken up. Yep. Um, and and making gift boxes for uh, friends and neighbors. And of course, during COVID, that changed. You couldn't, mm-hmm. you know, you couldn't give somebody prepared food from your home. You you could, but they would probably throw it in the throw trash. It out, exactly. And and but. Beyond that, it was, you know, what you mentioned about your dad. It's like, eh, I can't really keep that stuff around because as a lot of it was our kids' friends and, and of course, our children, my oldest now is 40. And so as they get older, it's like, oh, no, no, I can't, you know, I can't eat all that. And so now it's just a small batch of a, a couple of things and really it's only – uh, around Thanksgiving, maybe a birthday or Christmas Day, it's not uh, no more assembly line stuff, you know, being sent out. Uh, my my youngest daughter uh, volunteers, and she may be taking some things. I I don't know yet. We haven't confirmed to to uh, to the people that also volunteer w- with her. Uh, she's done that before. We may we may do something mm-hmm. like that, but yeah. Well, when I because I started about twenty years ago, and it was. My grandmother's recipe. Yeah. You know, it was, and I had the recipe and it was, but no, no, no walnuts in it. Mm. I know a lot of people make banana nut bread. It's like, mm-hmm. that's sacrilegious in my home. Well, I prefer, uh, yeah, I definitely <laughs> prefer it without walnuts. And, and so I would, uh, 20 years ago, I probably made, uh, you know, back then I would, you know, I'd make one for me and maybe even more. Mm-hmm. And then I was making it, I probably started making two or three loaves and, as a couple of years went by, I was making 10, and then I got up to 20, and so 25. Yeah. And then I remember, I think I was at 30 in twenty in, in 2018, and then when it, it got to 39. Yeah. Because it happens is people would give it to they they'd serve it, and then somebody, this is great. Oh, mm-hmm. my friend makes it. Can you make me an extra loaf They're for this person? They're taking orders. All right, I need like, nine wow. loaves this year, and, Gary. And I will say this, the la- I really enjoyed it the last year, but when I was done, I said, I don't think I'm going to do this anymore. Mm. And then COVID came along, and it was like, oh, okay, there's the excuse. Uh, but it's just too much too much time. But it was actually fun because every day you're setting up the kitchen. It's like mass production. Yeah, right. No, you I know? mean, it is. It's like absolute yeah. mass production of just, okay, uh, you know, that one goes in, that one comes out, this one goes in, that one comes out. And I think the... One, I think I made the maximum I've ever made in one day was like eight loaves of banana bread. Hmm. And you're doing it all day. Yeah. And you're, you know, because it takes 50 minutes in the oven. So right. just the preparation and everything else, if you get up at, you know, if I was up at eight o'clock, normally I would be done by eight o'clock at night by the time you cleaned up everything. And it was right. yeah. all these loaves. Of, I remember taking a picture of it and putting that, that was years ago putting that on Facebook where I made the eight in one day and it was like, okay, maybe that's going a little bit too far. We we have an unbelievable amount of cabinet top space in our kitchen and to see that, you know, and <laughs> years past filled with, you know, all that. And, and it's, you know, of course I have to, uh, as a part of quality control, that's my only contribution to the effort, quality control. You have to go in and you have to sample everything. Look, it's a tough job, but you have to do it. And, um, you know, it's, I'm kind of glad because, you know, it's, um, I miss having those days, but people, you know, basically replying now that, no, I can't do that anymore. I can't eat that. Mm -hmm. You know, there, I think there are a couple of people that will get some things 
uh, that that requested every year. Um, but it's not going to be the big assembly line job that it that it has been. Uh, another thing is right now there's some a lot of things going on with both work and family, so it's it's the time is extremely limited mm-hmm. uh, for that effort. But uh, we'll see. Yeah, I find out as I get older, for some reason, I have a lot less time. Maybe I'm just moving slower. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's, it just seems, the other day I was just thinking, because I got like, I don't know, five or six texts within one hour asking me basically to do a task. You know, hey, could you, hey, do you mind? Would, hey, I need to. And it was like, wow, you know, it's, it's, and there's a lot going on. Otherwise, it's it's like you know, it, it, it is extremely busy during the week. You basically have to put everything aside for the show. There are other things you can do. You you you've got an hour or two uh, during the day, but it is limited. It's it's very limited in in what you can take. A, you know, time that you can take away from show prep, and it's uh, here lately been uh, full steam ahead on all counts. So, of course, sleep has to. Take the. <laughs> I've been getting creative, though. I've been doing what you uh, hear the past couple of days. I've been taking a nap in the morning. Yesterday morning, I slept four hours. Yeah, I, I, I don't ever do that. In the I morning. will say this: uh, sleeping twice a day because, uh, which is normally six to ten, and like six to ten, mm-hmm. and then it will be yesterday. For example, I I slept uh, uh, six to eight. I had yeah. stuff to do, and so right. I, and yeah. then. I went to sleep earlier, but then I woke up early. I only got like five hours sleep yesterday, which mm-hmm. is which is not a lot. You know, normally I get seven to eight, you know, because mm-hmm. four hours each shift or three hours and five hours, whatever. Mm-hmm. I sleep when I'm tired, and that's what that's what it did. But when you're around during the day and people know you work at night, I get that all the time. People say, do you ever sleep? Mm-hmm. When do you ever sleep? I go, well. Six to ten and six to ten. That's you know. Yeah. You don't get right. calls from me at eight o'clock at night, right? Because I'm I'm sleeping. But you know. But uh, it's a, uh, it's 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 all good. It's all good. So uh, I haven't got many complaints. I may have to make a couple because once, even now talking about it, one of my friends is going to listen to the podcast and say you made four but not one for me. So I'll probably leave some bananas for when I. Go see my dad, and when I come back, make some during Christmas week. Or yeah, when I'm off, so and maybe deliver it for New Year's. But uh, it's like, okay, why? Did, I just thought about it now. Why did I start talking about it? Because somebody's going to hear it and go, "You didn't send me one this year." Oh man! <laughs> right here we go. <laughs> well, it has be after you make the thirty nine in one year because it does become a chore. As much as I enjoyed it, it was like when you look the next year and you're like, I got to start in November. It's and a it pretty, all the way a pretty to large year. time commitment. Yeah. yeah, all the way to New Year's mm-hmm. just to make banana. I, I I can't do it. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. Uh, all right. What else is out there? Well, uh, speaking about Christmas, retail sales down. Uh, U.S. retail spending and manufacturing weakened in November. Mm. November retail sales fell 06 percent from the prior month. For the biggest decline this year, the Commerce Department said yesterday, uh, what they found out is that uh, shoppers pulled back sharply on holiday-related purchases, home projects, and automobiles. Manufacturing output declined 0.6%, the first drop since June, the Fed said in a separate report. And remember, 
uh, June was when we really came out of the, you know, that was the last month of the recession. Right. Because it was mm-hmm. the first two quarters we were in recession. Right. And then the third quarter we were not. Uh, and and so uh, manufacturing output declined 0.6%. The, uh, we know the Fed raised the uh, uh, benchmark interest rate 0.5% to a 15-year high. Uh, said Craig Johnson, this is from the Wall Street Journal, president of the retail uh, consulting firm Customers Growth Partners. Most households are acting strategically, planning for a road ahead that may be more difficult uh, to get through with higher interest rates, the housing slump, and ongoing inflation, and the real possibility of a recession. Who was it who said last week that, oh, it was Jamie Dimon, when Jamie Dimon came out and said, well, the you know consumers have one point five trillion dollars that they still have yet to spend, so they'll probably stop spending it by the middle of next year. Well, that right, they stopped spending it apparently in November. Yeah, I you know it, it's it, it's we had that question about that one point five trillion number and and the individuals that that uh, that have that collectively that group. Uh, what would be the spending habits? Well. You see it slowing down. If it's slowing down in the fourth quarter, you're in trouble. And was it CNN? Was it maybe? I can't remember what news outlet it was. They had a uh, financial guest on there, and the, the anchor was was stating, well, and I, be, I believe it was before the retail sales came out mm. because this anchor was saying, oh, the retail sales are looking pretty good. And and this is looking pretty good. And he just and and the job market because it got to the job market mm-hmm. that's looking great. And he says, well, when you actually look into the job market, it isn't right. He said the vast majority of jobs are people taking second and third jobs right in order to be able to uh, to survive. Mm-hmm. So that's not a good thing. And we pointed out that actually in this year, since uh, I forgot which month it was, but this year, full time jobs have dropped drastically. Right. These are part-time jobs. Mm-hmm. When you see that job number, you go, okay, the job number looks great. They're not full-time jobs. Right. They're people taking second jobs, mm-hmm. which shows the the challenge that they have. And you and I had questioned when Jamie Dimon said $1.5 trillion, We said, how does he know that? Well, how, how you know, he, uh, being how, in the position of being uh, the, the CEO of, a, of a, a massive banking company, he might have access to an overall number. My question in those within that group of individuals who have collectively that 1.5 trillion what are the spending habits of those individuals and also what income levels are they at who who is that group right are they are they, they a group that's saving it and putting it away and's not right. going to not going to spend it is the right. question that because if have. they're upper income then they might be investing or saving and that's something that is is uh is standard basically for that that demographic on on income. 86690 red eye. We'll be right back with more red eye radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's red eye radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara 86690 red eye. So with the housing recession that we know that we're in right now, mm. and that's you know, that's indisputable, uh, when you look at the fact that exports uh, are down, and that's what brought us out of the recession in the third quarter, yeah. the first the first half of the year that we were in a recession, right. the third quarter 
We had economic growth and exports. They said had a lot to do with it, but exports are down. Housing is in a recession mode right now. Mm-hmm. Retail sales are down for November, mm-hmm. and manufacturing numbers mm-hmm. are down for November. We said this yesterday before these numbers were out. I haven't seen a positive number on anything yet, and I still don't see a positive number that would give you any hope that we're not headed to a recession or maybe at the beginning of another recession. Or right. I'll say this, negative growth, because uh, right. I'll, I'll look at I'll look at quarters instead of looking at two quarters. Right. I think that's going too far to look at two. So uh, take would, it one quarter yeah, at a time. Yeah. Are we in ne- are we in negative growth? I'll put it this way. Are we in negative growth at one t- at, at this point? Right. And I think there's a great possibility that we are. Well, because if you're you're seeing this uh, kind of uh, uh, slowdown in, in retail sales, re- retail activity in the fourth quarter, my question is, how bad would it be in the first quarter of next year? And it's, it's always worse. There's always a drop-off. How bad will it be? This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the planet, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you for being here. (laughs) Download our Red Eye Radio app today. And if you can't listen live to our show overnight, you can listen when and where you want on your smartphone. You can listen to our podcast of our show. Uh, So I'm just uh, 12 minutes ago, Elon Musk. Twitter right now is hot. You know, he's got the fire. Right. Yeah, little uh, fire yeah. there, and the and fire emojis, the fire emojis, and then, then where he wrote earlier, where he wrote, uh, you know, why he suspended those political activists because reporters don't dox, right? Uh, but he says they posted my exact real time location, basically assassination coordinates, an obvious direct violation of Twitter's terms of service. AOC responds. You're a public figure, an extremely controversial and powerful one. I get feeling unsafe, but descending into abuse of power and erratically banning journalists only increases the intensity around you. Take a beat and lay off the proto-fascism. Maybe try putting down your phone. He responds, you first. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I think they're dating. (laughs) Oh, God. Yikes. Yikes! Oh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. It's um, <clears throat> me, it's so entertaining. She's not dating Pete Davidson, then. <laughs> <laughs> it's those lips. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I guess. Uh, Hers or Pete's? <laughs> <laughs> Now, don't insult people like that. You'll make Boehner cry. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, he he is he is dry. Uh, 
I saw somebody, uh, I just saw the headline yesterday, said Elon Musk is the new Trump. If it comes yeah. to setting yeah. off the left, I mean, because they're, 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 of course, they're different. I mean, one was president of the United States, the other is not. Mm. But when it comes to setting off the left, like he did early, like Trump did, especially, you know, early on in, uh, and then when he was president, I would agree with that because they're going absolutely crazy right now. Hmm. You know, it's this is almost like a repeat of the whole, you know, going after DeSantis for don't say gay. And it's like that doesn't appear in the bill. This is about this is about, um, uh, you know, the, the that bill that they passed was about teaching sexualized content to five-year-olds. And mm-hmm. as he said, I'll never forget, when he, I, the, the most, one of the most effective things he said is when he basically, and I'm paraphrasing here, this is about not teaching sexually explicit uh, uh, material to five-year-olds. And he said, and if Disney wishes to die on that hill, then so be it. I'm like, whoa. Because you, that was like, you know, Disney and then his statement. And, and you know, we've seen the problems that Disney has had, you know, uh, since then. They couldn't win they couldn't win that argument. They can't win. They can't win this argument because doxing is not what people view as political free speech, right? Because that's yeah. what we're talking. Yeah. We're talking about political that's, free speech. We right. said from the very beginning, it's not going to be absolute free speech. And and the the um, left is trying to make it sound like that's what he promised that everything would be allowed. And he never said right. that. No. No. No, it's and and when he said, you know, because one time he said, "I believe in absolute free speech," and I would say that, but my when I would say that, it's about constitutional free speech, which is political free speech. Hmm. Of course, that doesn't include defamation. It doesn't include doxing. If in it doesn't include, um, um, I'm talking about my standards. Constitutional free speech, you can dox. But de- yeah, you, you you can still defame. Mm-hmm. But if you do these things, you may be held civilly liable for it. Right. Uh, a, a lot of these different right. things. But uh, but the public doesn't look at doxing and say, okay, he he claimed free speech. That's only the radical left that's saying that. And it's funny that AOC is saying he's involved in proto-fascism. Did she say anything when uh, Twitter banned the president? Did she say anything when Twitter banned the Babylon Bee? Did she say anything when Twitter banned the New York Post story? No. And made it so that the New York Post could not print on something that ended up being totally true. Now, we'll eventually see the screenshots of this to find out whether they doxed or not. If they doxed, there is no defense that's going to get the public to say, oh, Elon Musk was bad in this right. case, especially right. because of the incident with his two-year-old son. Mm-hmm. Now, that's – look, there are lines that we, uh, as a society, are going to accept uh, it, that if you cross them, then you're going to be judged in the court of public opinion. And, and look, the adults in the room know this. Um, the left was nowhere to be found, as you point out, on the New York Post story. We said, in a very neutral way, all right, number one, is there anything, this is the night that it came out, and we, when we got in that night, they had already been 
taken off Twitter and throttled down on Facebook. And we said, okay, wait a minute. Is there something to the story? Is it true? Because if it's not, then New York Post gets burned by their sources. If it goes nowhere, and we've seen that before with uh, uh, any media that leans right and they do something, and we did that uh, a number of times. Brett Baer in 2016, his sources were telling him one night on this program, uh, his sources were telling him there was an indictment coming down for Hillary Clinton, and it didn't happen. He was burned, and we said, you lose credibility because it doesn't matter what your vetting process is. You own that once you air that. Yeah. And right. and the New York Post could have gone down the same same road. Where was the left, though, on that? Did they come out and say um, that's wrong for Twitter to ban them? Nope. Nope. Instead, they went after the Post. Right. Or did they sit there and say, is Twitter being in, in, inconsistent because there have been many, as we have said, uh, the vast majority, because there was no Russia collusion with Trump, the stories, any story that indicated that Trump was somehow involved in Russia collusion, mm-hmm. and the vast majority of them were sore stories, were incorrect. There was right. no way, if you do a sore story, you know, if you do a sore story, well then, I don't know who your source is. Right. And so, Twitter was allowing sore stories mm-hmm. if... It hit their political bent. Right. And that's where they, you know, that's where you get burned because you look at it and say, okay, there is no consistency uh, at that particular point. And I just, I did save something from the other day that I wanted to read. And this uh, came from Holman Jenkins because this is about the New York Post story at that time. And and he writes, uh, Holman Jenkins from the Wall Street Journal wrote this. When 51 ex-intelligence officials said the laptop's emergence has all the classic earmarks of a Russian disinformation uh, operation, they were lying. In the long history of Kremlin dirty tricks, there's no precedent uh, for so so implausible a caper. The officials couldn't even say clearly what they meant. A real laptop had been, was a real laptop, had it been stolen by the Russians and leaked to the press? Mm. A fake laptop that had been created with thousands of uncannily real-looking documents, photos, videos, and emails, most of them diabolically designed to have no news or scandal value. The New York Post not only produced uh, a complete and sufficient account of how it obtained the laptop data, it produced a dated subpoena showing the FBI was already in possession of the original laptop Mm. for months and would know if the data were fake, end of quote which we had stated all along, you know, that was a key. But they produced that dated subpoena, and still it was. And so that's the entire point where you look at this, that the 51X intelligence officers, while saying that, you know, this is Russia disinformation, they were peddling the disinformation. Yeah. Everything that was being peddled about from the left, that was the disinformation The true information is what the New York Post was putting in. Well, there has to be accountability on that. The public looks and says, well, somebody has to be accountable for that, don't they? At least has to be recognized that there was a wrongdoing here. Mm. And and so that's that's one of the things when you look at it. As long as Elon Musk, when it comes to doxing, will 
if somebody on the conservative side doxes and he suspends them, then people say, okay, that's fair. Right. If they, if they don't, on the other hand, that's when there might, that's when they're, you can sit there and say they're not being consistent. But doxing, the vast majority of the public, if you're not a partisan, you don't view uh, doxing as, uh, as anything to do with political free speech. Yeah. If you're an adult, right. you understand what it is. Right. Exactly. And the other interesting thing was uh, Barry Weiss uh, wrote an article. She's you know one of the reporters that he uh, brought in. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just a couple of key paragraphs here about how this all happened. Mm. And you know, and how did this all happen? And Elon Musk, you know, what what did Twitter or the uh, the uh, 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 the cohorts of Elon Musk were they controlling? Uh, you know what the reporters got. You know because that's been the accusation. Well, you cherry pick Elon Musk cherry picked right. And she talked about the fact that on December 2nd, she received a text from Musk. And two hours later, she was on a plane. Hmm. Said, was I interested in looking at Twitter's archives? And how soon could I get to Twitter's headquarters? And she said, in the days that followed, we, talks about Matt Taibbi, investigative reporters that also were uh, there, including Michael Schellenberger, plus free press reporters. And you're talking about one, two, three, four, uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 11 reporters that were in uh, reporters and investigative reporters that were brought in uh, by uh, by uh, 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 Elon Musk. Uh, And she writes, we camped out in a windowless fluorescent lit room at Twitter headquarters and began looking through the company's vast archive of internal communications. The only condition Musk imposed was that we publish our findings on Twitter itself. The reporters did all the investigating to right. find out about this. Yes, right. He right. didn't he didn't no she, influence by him right, in she, the investigation. Right. She didn't give he didn't give orders say you right. can only look at this here you go through right. and 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 you look and she said the only condition must impose that we first publish our findings on Twitter itself. Today on the free press we're publishing versions and those stories aren't limited to the 280 character chunks. Uh, and then she goes on to talk about uh Twitter was founded in 2006. It is impossible to calculate how many emails and internal Slack messages mm. and reports it generated over the years. Looking for information about big subjects relevant to the public, the question of whether COVID-19 started with a leak from a laboratory in Wuhan, uh, say, and how the platform suppressed or shaped the conversation around it is like trying to put together a 100,000-piece jigsaw puzzle. We also had to work through lawyers using e-discovery tools which is software designed for lawyers to help them search through huge amounts of information. So we entered search terms, mostly dates and names of former Twitter executives, and over many hours, files would pop up. Then we stitched them. Uh, uh, we stitched together a, a chronology of events and communications. We did not selectively retrieve or cherry pick files with an eye towards servicing a particular agenda. Our goal was simply to figure out what had happened at crucial moments in history of the country and the company. As for Musk's aim, what was his goal in asking us to exhume the so-called Twitter files? And why did a man, the man obsessed with outer space, decide to spend $44 billion on a social media platform that has made most of us feel more claustrophobic? Uh, to hear Musk tell it, his motivation was obvious. 
It's about saving the world. Quote, I'm not going to spend 44000 or 44000 44 billion to reinstate a satire blog, Musk said about the Babylon Bee, which had been banned from Twitter in March of 2022. I did it because I was worried about the future of civilization, he told us late one night. As far as Musk sees, birth rates are plummeting, the thought police are gaining power, and even having an opinion is enough to get shunned. We're heading in a bad direction. Those are all quotes from Musk. She has it. He says he wants to transform Twitter from a social media platform distrusted and despised by at least half the country into one widely trusted by most Americans to have it fulfill its highest mission, that of a digital town square where all ideas can be heard and the best one will win out. Uh, If there is one information source that breaks ranks, then I think it ultimately forces others not to have the same narrative, he said. Even if one organization competes hard for the truth, others will have to follow. To win back that trust, Musk figured it would require being honest about what had until very recently been going on at the company he had just bought. The suppression of disfavored users, the curtailing of certain political views, the censoring of stories like the Hunter Biden laptop, and the extent to which the government had tried to influence such decisions. Quote, we have a goal here, which is to clear the desks of any prior wrongdoing and move forward with a clean slate. Hmm. Now, remember, Barry Weiss is a liberal. Is a liberal. What you're finding out here, though, is when when you see it, Matt Taibbi, you know, who's not again uh, uh, the criticism. Uh, there was the it was the Washington Post article that somebody posted the other day. It was the guy who does the podcast with uh, Taibbi, who who said because it's sitting there, conservative, you know conservative journalist Barry Weiss and Matt Taibbi he goes right well, Matt's not a not a conservative right right these people are they're, they're not conservative and that's what's going on right now you know we think I go we go back and we briefly mentioned this the other day uh with um Bernard Goldberg yeah uh you know yeah and when he wrote yeah. the book bias we'll get to more of this here but they're basically liberals who believe in journalism exactly what they are they actually right. believe in journalism I don't care what your what your political beliefs are if you're doing real journalism you're going to yep. get my attention 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. This uh, article Barry uh, Weiss wrote is really interesting. Mm. Just a couple other things I think people would uh, would like to hear about because it gets into the head of, of, of Elon Musk. And really, to me, it's the most in-depth I've seen him explain, you know, what he's what he's doing. Uh, Musk estimates that he uh, estimates, estimates, excuse me, that he paid at least twice uh, what Twitter was worth. But he said he had to chew down this hairball, which is to say he just had to buy Twitter. The price tag is in his only grievance. There's also the fact that the company, to hear him tell it, wasn't really a functioning company at all. When Musk took over, he said he found Twitter in disarray. Employees had limited, excuse me, unlimited vacation time and permanent work from home. The company had stopped doing performance reviews altogether, according to a longtime Twitter employee. Wow. Quote, this is what this employee said, as long as Twitter could just keep its head above water and be roughly cash flow break even, then that's all they cared about. Musk calls the Twitter he purchased a nonprofit 
Twitter as it existed wasn't pursuing net earnings but social influence, he said. This was fundamentally an activist organization. Since he's taken over the helm um, of Twitter, he has fired 80% of the workforce. He has insisted that those not prepared to be extremely hardcore and work long hours at high intensity show themselves out. Several engineers I spoke to have been working 18-hour days for the past month. Uh, He said it's like if an aircraft was going in one direction and suddenly pulled a U-turn and hit the afterburners in another direction. That's what happened to Twitter, Musk said, making a vroom noise and laughing. By the way, he's sleeping there. He's there all the time. Yeah, right. As she also uh, pointed out, right. with his with his two year old kid, the one that mm-hmm. he claimed, said was accosted. Mm-hmm. So interesting, yeah, it is. Um, and she points out here where you know this was about exposing what was going on before, and it's pretty interesting to hear her tell this story. It really is. Santa knows if they've been naughty or nice. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. I want ho, to, ho, ho. I want to do over. I want to appeal the decision. Well, we're talk show hosts, so we're supposed to be naughty. I guess. So. We're doomed. Naughty is nice for us. That's true. You know, when I'm... Seal of approval. I, I, I just... I. We said this earlier, but I just want to reiterate it again because I think we're in very pretty amazing times now when you, you know, you, you look at what's going on right now is it's liberal journalists. This is a huge liberal circular firing squad. Yeah. And what you have are liberals that have been political activists for the longest time. Mm-hmm. They're now dealing with liberals that actually believe in journalism. And we go back to uh, Bernard Goldberg. Mm-hmm who, um, you know, worked for Dan Rather mm-hmm. at one time. And and we've gone through the story, but uh, he showed Dan Rather, look, what we're doing is, is <laughs> this is, this is biased. I mean, it's right. just, you're, yeah. you're not, you're not telling the public, you know, the entire truth. And Dan Rather was just livid at him. Yeah. You know, said, I was, you know, basically served in the military. He goes, it's got nothing to do with serving the military. Right. Is this biased? Right. He said, when I said it to him, it was like I was attacking his patriotism. Mm-hmm. Well, then Bernard Goldberg has been a liberal. He said he's conservative in some fiscal matters, mm-hmm. but for the most part, he's a liberal. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple of years later, because of the books he wrote on saying this is the way to do proper journalism, I'll never forget the USA Today article, the success of right-wing authors and it was like, you know, Ann Coulter, yeah. Sean Hannity, and Bernard right. Goldberg. Yeah. And I went, right. Bernard mm-hmm. Goldberg's not right-wing. No, no. But he was promoting journalism. Mm-hmm. And remember, he was he was really alone in taking all the shots back then. You really didn't yeah. have any other people coming out. For a while. Out. For a while, yes. For a while. And, you know, that uh, has shifted lately. And what's interesting is that you and I said it years ago. If there are people that are interested in doing real journalism, you will stand out. So this is where now, uh, I think with with the Twitter files and, and the approach taken here, 
and also other uh, individuals that are in the media. Um, you know, Glenn Greenwald, uh, Andy No, and and all these individuals that are out there that you know uh, are in many ways liberal, but they look at the the liberal media um, and they they know that journalism is essential in a free society. Investigative journalism is something that I think is highly important. It is it is critical because if you're going to be doing true journalism and doing investigative journalism, you're going to find out who's doing something wrong. And if there's a public servant involved or or any kind of public interest involved, that's where you report that back. And we said years ago, and I, I repeated that, and it's if there are individuals out there that want to be journalists, then you should be doing that because you will stand out. You will absolutely mm-hmm. stand out from the crowd. And we've seen that in, in later years. A ha- I will say relatively a handful of people that have risen to the top in that regard. But if you look at not the political fight, but the intellectual fight going on right now, legally, for example, who is the who is the top person right now legally that is going after the left and does it on a consistent basis every single day is putting out information about how the left is wrong legally and how the left is not about the Constitution. It would be Jonathan Turley. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Turley is a Democrat. Mm-hmm. You know, Dershowitz has also been one of them, but not as frequent, you know, as I see, for example, on social media, as Turley is in every single day. Turley is not not only, not just tweeting, but he's in the Hill.com. He's got, you know, op-ed pieces all over the place. And you would, it's funny because at times you sometimes forget that he's a liberal. Yeah. But he's being intellectually honest on the Constitution. And one thing, and this is what we've always said, the one thing that really amazes me is I believe in freedom of speech. I don't want censorship because uh, you simply say, and, and, and liberals for some reason don't, majority don't. Uh, some are not right now, and they're coming out, and they're the ones that are challenging the political activism of the, quote, j- so-called liberal journalist in the mainstream um, 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 media. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, they come they come right out, and, you know, they will they explain everything. They explain it like we would do it. Jonathan right. Turley explains it like we're going to do it. But one thing they talk about is the that the liberal journalists never say, well, if we actually believe in this type of censorship, what happens when the government flips? Right. If you believe in government censorship because your people are in control, well, what about when the government flips to the other side? What if Republicans take control and now that's the precedent of law that you're following? Yeah, they never think they never seem to think of it. It's almost as if they live in the bubble of today. We want what we want and we want it right now. We want to shut those people up. Government needs to shut them up. Government needs to shut that up. We're going to change. This is going to be hate speech. Well, then hate speech may become a completely different thing, because once you get that in and you can put people in jail for hate speech, if the other side gets in, well, then that same law applies to them. And if you get if you get radicals that 
from that side that look and say, this is an opportunity, we can shut these people up, we can jail these people, well, then why not do it? And this goes back to the Turley article yesterday about the journalist in Norway who's facing jail time uh, for saying men can't be lesbians. And by the way, she's a lesbian. So they don't care who they go after. No. They don't care who they go after. If you don't fit the narrative... Any dissent will get you shunned and make you a target at the same time. And you can't say more. You guys are going down a bad slippery slope. Nobody's going to do... Nobody's going to do jail time in the United States because of it. Well, they they are in Canada. Mm -hmm. And that father, remember the father of the... I'm not going to tell my son that uh, that uh, that uh, I, I, that he's a woman. Right. Not going to do it. Well, then you go to jail. Right. You must do it by the court. Right. You see it happening in Europe. Yep. So the case, John, uh, that he that he brought up from uh, from Norway, we saw the California law that the California Supreme Court said, sorry, that's unconstitutional. Even by California law, you can't threaten to put people in jail because they won't use the proper pronouns. And because they're employees of the state, you can't do that. So understand how far they want to go. And I think that you have people, you know, and you have the Jonathan Turleys, you have uh, the, the the Dershowitz, uh, you have the Barry Weisses, the, the Taibis, and, uh, and and others that that look and say, "My God, we're be- the left is becoming so fascist." What happens if it reverses? Right. I mean, they object to what's going on right now. But that's the one thought you also think of. What happens if it reverses and the other the other side gets in power? Then they get the same they get the same uh, legislative laws apply to their interpretation of what hate is because nobody can define what hate is. Well, you know that's that's what it comes down to is that it the the left for so long. Has been getting away with it. We, we've been saying that they have been, you know, they believe. I, I fully am invested in this next thought. The left believed for the longest time that they had won the narrative. And then being able to control the narr- narrative on social media was, of course, the next step. And when you... When you think about that, then, okay, anybody who steps out of line, doesn't matter who you are. J.K. Rowling, all right, you can be adored one one day, and then all of a sudden, no. Harry Potter himself is speaking out against you. Martina Navratilova. Yeah. And these are the individuals who, and when we talk about uh, uh, Martina Navratilova, for decades was a hero on the left. Mm-hmm. What? Did you say something that is not part of the narrative? You're done. Did you state biological truth? Right. Sorry, that's hate speech. Right. And and so, but you look at the, the big de- the debate right now. Mm. And, you know, the debate right now, which has the attention of the entire world, is liberals debating liberals. Right. It's liberals standing up for uh, free speech, coming out against censorship, coming out for transparency. These are these are liberals that are leading that that are leading because Elon Musk is a liberal, but the reporters he brought in are liberal, but they believe 
in journalism, just like Bernard Goldberg did. Right. They believe in journalism. They believe in free speech. And so for so long, they weren't speaking up. And so Elon Musk coming along. And I don't think there's any conservative out there that has any objection to any liberal who believes in the Bill of Rights and truly believes in the Bill of Rights and wishes to debate you on the issues. I don't think there's any, there's not one conservative I know that would view that as a problem. Yeah, right. Because you can say, okay, people have different opinions, but they're, but they believe in journalism. They believe we're arguing the truth now. We're are, and that's what you and I've said. Talk radio is gone. We don't debate the issues anymore. No. We don't debate the issues. No. We're just trying to work through all the lies of the other side. Right. Nobody's really debating, you know, d- d- debating what the, the the issues are. Once in a while we get around to it. I mean, we did it earlier this uh, morning and then even yesterday when we talked about energy. But even that they lie about. Yesterday when we talked about energy, that was based on the lie from the Democrats who were saying clean energy is cheap energy. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, you're not even, you won't even debate honestly what you wish to do. Yeah, and and, and so that's what you're seeing out there from these these uh, these journalists who are liberal on the issues, but they actually believe in freedom of speech. And, they believe in the First Amendment, and they believe in real journalism. Yeah, you know, it, it, because again, the activism goes so far beyond being biased. I think as a society, we know how to compartmentalize bias, and and we use Bernard Goldberg in that very uh, maybe early stage of the of the of discovering that that bias in the in in modern media. But since then, I think with the internet and our ability to do our own fact checking, that becomes something where we can see it in how they phrase it. We have some of the most incredible listeners, and they'll they'll say they'll send us stuff and go, "Hey, did you see the way that they phrase this?" Instead of saying, instead of writing this, they wrote that. Mm-hmm. You know, which shows you their mentality, but it shows you their activism these days because it's not about being biased. It's it's not about throwing in uh, or editorializing a a piece with how you phrase it it's full-on activism and activism in that sense requires the death of journalism itself real reporting on the facts must go away if the activists are going to be successful and that's exactly what we have seen and i'm grateful for uh anyone who wants to be a real journalist and put the facts out there. You know, I don't care if it's Barry Weiss. I don't care if it's John Solomon. And by the way, I'm sure that any of them, uh, well, I'll, I'll say this. They all have the potential of getting burned by sources and being wrong at times. When you're wrong and you get bur- and or you get burned, just come out and say it and move on. It's that simple. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. 
It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Uh, uh, Trump's big announcement yesterday. We'll get uh, to uh, uh, that. And that mm-hmm. was when I first saw it. When I when I first saw the you know that it was the digital trading card, somebody put it on Twitter. Yeah, I thought they were kidding. I just thought I went okay. That's not the announcement. I really did. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought somebody was getting ahead of his announcement, and yes. they were making the joke about it. Yeah. Yes, e- right, e- exactly. So mm-hmm. I was like. Well, that can't that can't be it. So we'll get to that uh, uh, coming up. Larry Summers, uh, who predicted the inflation that we see today, hmm. the Democrat, uh, the liberal Democrat says uh, we will have a uh, recession. The Senate passes a defense bill that repeals a vaccine uh, mandate for the military. It does not, though, grandfather in anybody else who has been fired. Now, that's the thing Republicans are now looking to do again or will do hmm. uh, or try to do if they take the, the House. So uh, that more on the way, plus California and the Midwest to face high risk of electricity shortages over the next five years. That more on the way. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey, that's part one of our show. Don't miss the rest. Click part two on our website, redeyeradioshow.com, or Red Eye Radio phone app to hear the rest of the show. And thanks for listening to Red Eye Radio. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.